The question that I often get, I'm talking about desires of the heart, desire of the heart. What about, and there's a verse in the Bible that does talk about desires of the heart. It's Psalm 37, verse 4. And this is the one that if you are a happiness theologian, okay, you go to this verse, even though you don't understand this verse, and I'm explaining this verse to you right now. What about Psalm 37, 4, which says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I'll tell you another funny story. My wife isn't here because she took her kid to a soccer game, so I can tell a few stories. It's Mother's Day, right? Marianne has this um, tendency to misquote verses. She gets the general idea of the verse, but not the specifics. She calls it being laid back. I call it attention to detail. Like, for example, she used to always say, Romans 8, 28. She'd say, as the Bible says, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. And I'm like, that's not the verse says. All things work together for good means that we live in like the Smurf land and everything just works out in the end and in a nice 30 minute everything works out. It says all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. To those who are working against God's purpose, it actually doesn't work out good. It actually works out bad for them. She doesn't like it when I explain it that way. This verse right here, Psalm 37. On our wedding day, okay, when we were married, before our wedding, we recorded like this little video thing. Okay, and I remember I showed you a clip of him one time. This a little like interview, this like little cutesy thing to show at the wedding, the reception, whatever. And she, in that little video, she quoted her version of this verse. And her version of this verse said, wait on the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's what she said. Wait on the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. It's close enough, right? Wait on the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. Just so you know, that verse, which isn't really existing, became the theme verse of our wedding. After she mentioned it in the video, it was then mentioned in two speeches, as well as the priest who gave like a little mini sermon quoted that verse. That was his entire sermon based on that verse. And everyone felt good because this is a feel-good verse. And it basically says, do good, serve God, pray, and everything works out in the end. Wait on the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Wait on the Lord. As long as you're just patient and you wait on God, everything that you ever want is going to give you. And obviously, that was fulfilled for her. Okay, right? Right? <laughs> I mean, so you realize why she said it. Like, I mean. But that's not what the verse says. First of all, it doesn't say wait. It says delight. And we're going to see in a minute. I'm going to explain in a minute how wait and delight are not the same at all. But even more importantly, there's another verse in there that leads me to believe the verse may not be as simple as it sounds. What verse in there? What word in that verse tells you that it may not be as simple as it sounds? Also. The word also is important. So this is why you never misquote and you never read out of context. Let's read the context because clearly this verse is part of a greater context. So let's read the context. All of Psalm 1, Psalm 37. Okay, and I'm just going to read you the first nine verses. You can read the rest of it, but just under, don't worry about the details. Give me the spirit. Does this verse about making us happy? Look what it says. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious because of workers of iniquity. Doesn't sound happy off the bat. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Then there's verse 4. Skip verse 4. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. 
What does this sound like this talking about? Does this sound like someone who's living in happy land? Does this sound like someone who's got his life is made right here? It sounds like someone who's in a tough time. And the verse is saying, stay strong. Trust God. It's going to be okay. Isn't that what it sounds like? Keeps going. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Which means, if he's going to bring your righteousness and your justice, then you are right now in a period of injustice. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, meaning at your expense. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. What does this verse say? What is this psalm talking about? Is this talking about someone who has everything that they delight in in life and everything that they desire and God just makes us happy? To me, it sounds like the exact opposite, doesn't it? To me, what it looks like outside of verse 4, it looks to me that God is saying life will be tough, people will be against you, you will fret and you will worry and you will say, God, how did you leave me? But trust in God. Continue to do good. God will come through in the end. In that, am I misreading it? Now let's go back to verse 4. Back to verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now I know this verse is in the context of difficult times. But trust in God and stay strong. He'll take care in the end. What does the word delight mean? Delight is different than wait. If it said wait on the Lord, it means do nothing and everything will work out for you. What does the word delight mean? The word delight, as it says in your handout, comes from a Hebrew word, anog. Okay, not eggnog, anog. And the word anog, the Hebrew language, like the words paint pictures. Like you have one word and it's like drawing a story. And the story that's drawn by that word, as it says in your handout, is to become soft or pliable, delicate with enjoyment. To delight yourself in the Lord means to be soft or pliable or moldable or changeable, delicate with enjoyment. What in the world does that mean? You know, you know what you want to look at to understand this? Look at an engaged couple. You know those engaged couples that we hate? Okay. Look at that couple that you hate. They don't talk the same as us. They don't walk the same as us. They're completely different. They're different. They used to walk like this and talk like this. Now they talk like this. And they're always looking up for some reason. Why? They've changed. They delight so much in one another that they have now been made pliable. They're changed. Their outlook on life is different. Their perspective on life is different. They delight in one another so much that they're different with their friends. They're different with their work. They're different with their parents. They're different because they've been changed because they delight in each other so much. Do you know what it means to delight yourself in the Lord? He shall give you the desires of your heart. Write this down and I'll explain it the rest of here. God doesn't want to give us our desires. He wants to change our desires to be his desires. It's a big sense. Let me unpack it. God doesn't want to give us our desires. Christianity is not, you come to God, you want money, 
and you want this girl, and you want this boy, and you want this house, and you want this number of kids, you just come to God, you say your prayers, and God just gives it to you all. That's not Christianity. Christianity is you come to God with desires. And then you take those desires, you kind of put them on the side. House, wife, kids, whatever, job, success. You put those on the side. You say, God, I seek first you. And I love you. And I want to enjoy my relationship with you. And I pursue you. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I don't worry about all these other things. And I delight so much in him. And so much in him. And so much in him. That then all of a sudden, someone says, but you don't have any kids. You say, you know what? I don't have any kids. But that desire is no more unfulfilled because I have this. Not that I, not that God gave me kids. Not that I did this or God gave me kids. But you know what? That unfulfilled desire isn't as important. It's not that all of a sudden God answers all my problems and solves all my problems. But it's that I delight myself in him to the point that his desires become my number one desire. His desire becomes my number one desire. That it's not that these desires go away, but there's a greater desire which is to please him and to seek him and to worship him and to enjoy him. And when I have that, I don't feel unfulfilled. I don't feel unfulfilled. I'm saying, Paul, I got a thorn in the flesh, but I have him and I have his grace and that's sufficient for me. I'll give you another example. And again, because Marianne's not here, I say this, I probably wouldn't say this in front of her because I'm kind of a coward. I love Marianne so much. I love her so much. I love her so much that it is honestly in front of God. I'm not just making this up. Again, I wouldn't admit it because I'm not that kind of person. Okay. What makes me happy is to make her happy. Before, I love to play video games. I love to watch TV. I love to sit on the couch. I love to do nothing. But those things don't make her happy. So those things make me happy, but this would make her happy. So I want this. I truly desire this because to make her happy makes me happy. It's not that I'm saying like, suck it up, make her happy. Uh, no, to make her happy to fulfill her desires is my desire. And she's the same way. Our anniversary is coming up. Don't tell her. This is a secret. Just between us. Okay. Our anniversary is coming up in a few weeks. Okay? And I'm planning like a little trip. I'm planning things that I hate. And I, watch this. I'm paying money for those things. But I am eager to do them because she loves them. So you say to yourself, what is it? You lost your mind? No, that's what it means to delight yourself in another person. It means that their desires become my desires. It means that what pleases God is what pleases me. Yes, I have all these desires, and I truly want to be married. I truly want to have children. I truly want this job. I truly want this lifestyle. But I want something more. This makes me happy, but this makes me more than happy. <clears throat> Someone recently told me something that I respected so much person told me the following. said, when I was young, I made a decision that I wanted, but I knew God didn't want. Something that I wanted, but I knew God didn't want. I kind of went with what I wanted over what he wanted. That's an example of delighting in yourself, delighting in your own plan. But then this person told me the following. He said, now, I've let go of anything that I and now, what I want is what God wants. I think that's the perfect picture. I want this. I've always wanted this. This is the only thing I want. 
God, I want you more. And now the desires of my heart is you. And now the verse makes sense. Delight yourself in the Lord, he shall give you the desire of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, he shall give you the desire of your heart. Delight yourself, make him what you pursued, who you pursue, and he shall give you the desire of your heart, which is him. Last thing I'll say, and then I'm done. Story. Imagine a fish. Go to the ocean, take a fish. And you see that fish along the beach. And imagine that fish is sitting there on the beach and he sees all the humans on the beach having a good time. Laughing, joking, drinking some things in bottle that don't look like water, but they look kind of like water, but it somehow makes them very happy. Enjoying life. And you say, and the fish says, I want what they have. I want to live on the earth like that. Could a fish ever be happy living on the land? This is an easy question. Could a fish, if I took a fish out of the water, and put him in a beach chair, would he be happy? How about if I gave him uh, 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 lots of friends, fish friends around him? Would that make him happy? How about if he kicked back a Corona, okay? Give him a, a Playfish magazine, okay? Would that make him happy? Give him lots of money. Would that make him happy? If I give him everything in the world at his beach chair, would he ever be happy? No, this is not a hard question. Why would he not be happy? Because he was not made to live on land. He was made to live in the water. He was not made to live right here. And no matter how much money, how many friends, how much he enjoys, no matter what you give him, he can never be happy here on the land. Agreed? You were not made to live here either. You were not made to live here either. And I'll tell you this, and you can test me on this one because you know you've already tried and you know the whole world is trying. This world and all the possessions and all the money and all the friends and all the whatever cannot truly make you happy. You can try, and I'm sure many people will try. Many people have tried. God knows we've tried. But you weren't made to live here forever. You were made, our life here, a little blip, a little blip. That's all our life is here. And that's all we're made for. So what is time for us to do is to lower our expectations of our life in this world. To lower our expectations of getting our desires fulfilled in this world. Because you're only here for a little blip. It's time for us to start doing and practicing what we say every single Sunday when we come to church. What do you say? You say, as I say, we look for the resurrection of the dead and we look for the life of the age to come. You know what? I'll be honest. It is hard to tell by the way many of us live that we look for a world to come. If you just look at the way we live and the way we talk and the way we cry when we don't get what we want, then you would say, these people live for this world right here. And they put all their eggs in this basket right here. It's time for us to lower our expectations of this world and to put our hope in the world to come. Now, I'm not saying that we live miserably. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all know that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is no car, no house, no relationship, no job, no money, no bank account, no retirement fund, no nothing. can never make you truly happy in this world. You can try. You can try. And you like that fish. You can build up a great empire around your little fish chair on the beach. But you'll never be truly happy if you're left behind in the world. My prayer for you, for me, and for all of us is that we would find 
more than happy. I pray that you would be happy. As your priest, I desire is that you would be happy in this world. But my greater desire is that you would be happy in the one to come. My greater desire is that not you would be happy, but you would be blessed. And you would live in this life. Not grasping for happiness or desires, but grasping for God. Knowing that I delight myself in him. And he becomes the one I seek. Then all of a sudden, I have a much different perspective on those unfulfilled desires. Let's stand together and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, my God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you from the depth of our heart. Thank you, Lord, that you don't just leave us alone in this world just to suffer and struggle, but you give us hope that even in the midst of trials and difficulties, that you are with us, and that you can give us peace which surpasses understanding. You can give us hope and joy which no nothing in this world can take away from us. I pray that you would help us to find what is greater than happiness, what is more than happy. You'd give us a truly blessed lives where we would know what that means. I pray that you'd help us to not seek after the things of this world, but to seek only you and your kingdom, and trusting that you shall add all these things to us when we delight ourselves in you. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the prayers of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.